Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. The last two weeks have been a recruiting bonanza for Jim Harbaugh and his staff. In that time period, we have added 12 verbal commits. Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports joins me today with his thoughts on what is shaping up to be another top 10 class. First, a few of my own thoughts to get us started today. Really just a few short thoughts because my interview with Steve is about 55 minutes long. I was thrilled when I heard the news that Franz Wagner was committing to us. Like most of you, I thought that after Coach B left, it would be a long shot we'd get him here in Ann Arbor. Come to find out, he and his family had a great visit when they were here a couple of weeks ago, and Saudi Washington did a fantastic job convincing Franz to give it a chance here in Ann Arbor, so we look forward to seeing him this winter. Eric Bakic was named College Baseball Coach of the Year and says his plans are to stay here and build something special and I think he's already doing that. So congratulations to Coach Bakic. Steve Lorenz has been telling me for months now that he expected the June recruiting weekend would lead to a lot of big-time verbals for Michigan. He was right on as usual. Nobody covers Michigan recruiting better than our guest today. Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports is up next on our game day segment here on The Michigan Man in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Here with us on our game day segment as we uh, get the show rolling in July is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports to talk uh, recruiting, and there's a lot to talk about there. Welcome back, Steve. Thanks, Mike. Love being on. Well, as we all know, and we've talked about this uh, a lot, things have really changed in the recruiting game. We all know that in the last uh, couple of years. Uh, as late June, early July with the visit weekends has really become the huge commitment period, hasn't it, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd say like anybody who's been listening to me on your show, I feel good about what I say right now because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is something that I felt felt very strongly about for a long time as far as the early official visit period, you know, is going to yield more verbal commitments because a lot of these guys have been recruited forever. Now, I don't know if I necessarily expected Michigan to get as many verbals as they did, but, but it's kind of hard to go in and predict that they're going to get like, well, like 13 or whatever they got. Uh, you know, so it, it's no, I'm not. It's not a surprise to me at all. Like I said, most of these guys are have been through it. They've been on a bunch of visits. They kind of had already had an idea of where they want to go, or at least like maybe the two or three that they're heavily considering. And uh, now they can focus on their senior seasons. You know, and I think that's a a big part of it too, because the process is taxing for the coaches and for the kids, obviously. So yeah, no, I mean that's yeah. that's one of the big things I've been saying for a long time, and and it kind of has come to fruition. You know, it's like. Yeah, it's common sense that I think you're going to see more with an early official visit period, but I've always argued that I thought the number was going to grow and grow, and it, and it has. And so um made me feel good about, well, it feels good to be right, you know. So uh, so it was like I was pretty right, you know, as far as, far as them bringing in a lot of guys, that June would be a great opportunity for Michigan to kind of set the foundation of the class. But, I mean, I'd argue at this point I think they set a little bit more than the foundation. I think maybe the siding – is starting to go up and they maybe need to just maybe put the roof on top, you know, to finish it out. So, uh, but a, about as good a June as I think Michigan could have ever hoped for. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Phenomenal couple of weeks. So uh, let's spend a few minutes uh, talking about the, the latest verbals, get your take on them. So let's uh, go to a three star. He's a tight end, six four two thirty. His name is Matthew Hibner from uh, Lake Braddock High School in Burke, Virginia. Another tight end. Uh, what's up with this kid? So, Hibner, of all of the guys that they picked up in June and, what, early July, because they mm -hmm. picked up a few at the beginning of the month, uh, he's the one I feel best about as far as, like, getting a, a nice bump up the rankings. Uh, Michigan offered him on a spring evaluation trip uh, right before the official visit period started immediately got word that he was a top target type for them. Uh, I know I think he, we have him as an 84 and 85. Uh, he He's gained a significant amount of weight in the offseason, but ran 
what I heard was somewhere around a 4-7 in front of the Michigan coaching staff at their camp. Uh, it was after that camp performance where, again, kind of actually funny, sort of reminds me of Eric All mm-hmm. last cycle uh, as a guy that they had offered and they already liked, but then the camp performance just put them into overdrive, you know, to try to reel the guy in. And that's and then it kind of played out similar. I think they offered All a little bit earlier in the process, but with Hibner, you know, he came in camped, blew them away. They were like, hey, like, you should come play for us. And, you know, like, like, quick way of saying it, I guess. But, you know, I was like, we really want you on our, on our, in our class. And, and so he basically said, okay. And uh, that was it. I mean, it was a really quick recruitment. Again, I think this is a guy, I think people will really, really like his senior film. Now, again, I don't know how his, his high school team exactly uses him in the passing game. Uh, he just did do some seven on seven, release some seven on seven film about a month ago. That was incredibly impressive from a receiving standpoint. So, yeah, great addition in my opinion. And again, this is a guy before he, before we knew he was going to commit, before we knew how much you know. Well, we knew Michigan liked him, but you know, we had him as a top target right away because immediately caught wind that Michigan like was very enamored with him. And uh, you know, now it's Theo Johnson or bust at tight end. I think so. Um, big pickup, in my opinion. Again, this is a guy, like, of all the guys in the class that they've picked up that are maybe, like, three-star guys, uh, Hipner's the one I feel best about in, in making the move up the rankings and, and ratings. Well, another three-star kid, and I don't remember reading much or talking about him, is uh, Reese Atterbury from Eagle Crest in Aurora, Colorado. A 6'5", 280-pound kid listed. I think he's a center in high school, isn't he, Steve? Yep. He's a center in high school, Versatile, though, one of the, I think he's one of those guys that they feel like can play a few different spots. He's a guy that I bet, Mike, I bet we probably talked about him really early uh, because he was a, he was one of the first offensive linemen that Michigan actually offered this cycle. Uh, best way to explain his recruitment, and I mean, again, this is the thing is like people get people don't like hearing this. I, I think if Notre Dame hadn't filled up on the offensive line, I, I do think he would have committed to Notre Dame. Uh, but Notre Dame did fill up, you know, and they took Michael Carmody, mm-hmm. a four-star out of Pennsylvania, whose brother uh, plays basketball at Notre Dame. You know, they finally offered Carmody, and he kind of jumped on it, you know, and, and I think that kind of opened things back up for Atterbury a little bit, which, again, the whole – but Atterbury's a guy that Michigan would have taken and wanted the whole time, you know, and so it's like – but people get upset because it's like, oh, well, like leftovers, which, again, I hate to say that about a kid. I mean, he's still a four-star prospect. He had offers from – 25 plus schools it's not like some you know he's a very good prospect and then again Michigan liked him the whole time so I think it's kind of a pleasant surprise for them uh, that he kind of fell into their lap a little bit you know they did get him up for the official he was a guy who was like a very late addition to the official visit list mm-hmm. uh, for that big weekend they had and I think the ball I think it immediately became clear that it was, things were going to start heading in Michigan's direction you know Michigan had made his top five but again I think they trailed Notre Dame and they probably trailed Ohio State too um, but they were able to pull, they, you know, obviously impress on the official. He'd been to campus before. And uh, I'd call him like a very pleasant surprise for them because, again, like he was one of the first guys they offered. And, uh, I mean, they've Warner's been out to Colorado ton. You know, obviously they yeah. like Andrew Gentry too. Uh, but, but Atterbury's a guy that they have recruited pretty hard, like for the entirety. I think from my standpoint, when you're covering it, again, I think the consensus he was leaning Notre Dame. You know, and then it, it changed a little bit when Carmody committed to Notre Dame, but then there really wasn't a lot out there on Michigan and Atterbury until we found out he was taking the official. Then it was like, okay, this is probably going to happen then. So um, why he kind of went away, at least in the in our realm, mm-hmm. I suppose would be the best way to put it. But, but, but again, a four-star guy that they uh, – we have him as a four-star. I think, yeah, the composite probably has him as a three right now. So uh, the guy I think has got a little ways to go. But again, I mean, we're at that point still where they can take guys that have a little ways to go. I mean, there's just with what they did in 19 and with what they have on the roster right now. Do you want an instant? You take an instant impact guy every time. I say it every every time that it comes up. Yes, you'll take an instant impact guy if you can get him. But there's also no harm in taking a guy that's going to take time. I just don't think people are used to that when it comes to Michigan and offensive line because it's been so long since they've had like legitimate depth across the board up front you know so uh you know but the guy i think that could end up playing in any you know i want to say he told our west coast guy that tackle is where they actually 
kind of like him. Um, but again, I think he's a guy that really could project. I think he's a guy they just get on campus again and then see where they like him most, and then that's where he goes. Well, as we continue to build up the depth on that offensive line, Steve, we uh, have a commit from another offensive tackle, uh, Jeffrey Percy, uh, Juniper Sarah Catholic in San Juan Capistrano, uh, 6'7", 265. What do you know about him? Now, he's another guy who was a top type target for them. He fits the mold of what tackle recruiting, I think, is kind of turning into as well, as far as what's he listed, like 265, I right, think. Or, right. or two, yeah, right. You know, as, as a guy who's athletic, raw, but has that frame to, to build good weight, doesn't have to lose bad weight and keep it off, you know, is a guy that you can, like, bulk up. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't quite compare him to Ryan Hayes because I think Hayes was a little bit smaller even. I think Hayes was, like, 240. You know, I think Percy a little bit more of your high school offensive tackle type. You know, but again, he's not that maxed out six six three ten kit. You know that you're going to have to like keep in good shape throughout. You know, he's a guy that you can kind of mold him in the way you want. Oklahoma, UCLA. You know, and I always say anybody that Oklahoma wants on an offensive line is somebody Michigan fans should be happy with. Beatenbaugh, much like Warner, one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, like bar none. You know, and so Michigan kind of got them back a little bit. I know Noah Nelson out of Arizona committed to Oklahoma a few months ago was a guy I think that Michigan actually felt good about. Uh, Michigan kind of gets Oklahoma back there a little bit with a very similar, very similar prospect in my opinion. I mean, they're they're very close as far as that, you know, undersized frame that you can build or whatever. So nice to get a kid out of California too, Southern California. Uh, he had both S, he had SC and UCLA, as I mentioned. So um, you'll take that any day in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as the rankings go, I don't know with him. I always try to throw in, like, if I think they're going to move up or not. I know he's been scouted relatively heavily, but again, with a guy, maybe he comes in, maybe he's at 280, you know, this senior year and, and, and continues to impress and works his way up. But again, same deal, though. Don't No no hurry. You know, if he comes in and he bulks up quick and he looks good, great. But, you know, you got Hayes, yeah. you got Mayfield, you got Trent Jones now, you got uh, Keegan. I mean, you got a plethora of guys who you know are going to be in front of him that will have time to produce and stuff there's no pressure on him to come in right away and tear it up well we got another kid out of uh, jersey a strong side defensive end uh, he's out of williamstown high school 6'5 235 he's a three-star right now aaron lewis uh what do you like about him oh they're top target i mean and again people can go back and like read like with this is stuff we've been we've said well before these guys ever uh committed aaron lewis was a guy that Michigan honed in on very early in the process. Uh, I'd say in Jersey in 2020, and I've said this a couple times on our board, in 2020 there are three guys in Jersey that Michigan has really gone after. Jordan Morant, who I know we'll talk about in a little bit. R.J. Moten, who they really went after after they evaluated him during winter evaluations. And then Aaron Lewis. They have two. They're the heavy crystal ball favorite for the third. Uh, in my opinion, that that's in my opinion, I think that's Michigan in their mind, basically sweeping New Jersey in their mind. You know, because a lot mm-hmm. of some of the other guys they offered, they didn't really pursue very hard. Maybe Luke Weipler, who committed to Ohio State uh, offensive line, like really, he committed really, really, really early. Maybe they just stayed on him, but I'm not even convinced on that. So Lewis, kind of one of those guys that sort of the opposite sort of the same deal on the defensive side is like I think he'll bulk up and maybe play like that anchor three type deal mm-hmm. uh sort of went off the radar a little bit because he committed to West Virginia and much like it's a little bit like Atterbury in that uh so I caught wind of his official visit pretty early that he was going to be on campus was one of those deals where you, you don't want to report it uh until he's there you know showed up Michigan flipped him pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, I know like one of the tidbits I'd shared at the time was that he, uh, West Virginia had no clue that he was on Michigan's campus until I reported that he was on Michigan's campus. And so they're scrambling to the phones. Yeah, I know recruiting, right? I mean, it's just it's like, it's the way it goes sometimes. And, uh, you know, so Michigan did a really good job in, in working him and, and getting him up. And obviously, like I said, impressing. And that was the thing. When he committed to West Virginia, he had not visited Michigan yet. You know, and Michigan was kind of like, you should come up here first. You know, make sure you that's where you want to go. And uh, he committed to West Virginia anyway, but Michigan persisted. Because like I said, 
any of those top top guys, you know, you know how it goes. They're yeah. verbally committed somewhere else now. It doesn't matter. They're not going to like. Oh, well, well, we're done. Okay, well, have a good have a good four years at West Virginia. I was like, that's not how it works. You know, they're going to still go after the guy, and they did here, and uh, it really paid off. Again, I, I would have argued he was somewhere top four or five overall on their defensive line board. I mean, we reported him as a top target. Same time we reported Braden McGregor as a top target. You know, so in my opinion, they've gotten two of their top, very tip top targets uh, on the defensive line this cycle, which, again, good news for Michigan, I think. You know, Sean Nua, Campanile, both of the new assistants obviously played a role in that one. Uh, and then Partridge, too, obviously, who who continues to do work uh, every cycle. So, you know, nice a nice win on a top target. And like I said, a good one to get under the belt for a couple of the newer assistants on staff. Well, his next kid, we have to, I know we've talked about him uh, quite a bit uh, during this cycle, William Mohan. Uh, he's listed as an athlete, 6'1", 195, out of uh, Erasmus Hall in Brooklyn. I've actually seen a lot of tape on this kid. He is... Uh, he is a good-looking athlete, isn't he? Yeah, he's that, you know, you can just see, you know, I was like, I think we've been covering Don Brown enough to know that even if we're not, like, great X's and O's people, that we can kind of see a viper on film when we mm-hmm. watch one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you yeah. just know the way that the guy, how athletic they are and what what they do and what they can do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, turn on his film. So he's another guy that, in my opinion, I think should be ranked higher. I just think the question is, one of the things with the viper spot is Michigan really, because of the versatility within that spot, they kind of end up recruiting guys that are sort of what you call like a tweener-type kid, right, where he's not a straight-up linebacker, but he's not a straight-up defensive back either, you know. And so it's, sometimes it's hard to grade those guys because you don't know how to really grade them. But in my opinion, he's a guy I think is a four-star prospect. And, again, another guy we had listed as a top target way before he committed, way before we thought he was going to Michigan, you know, he was right up there as far as the Viper goes. Really may have been the number one guy at Viper, in my opinion, just with the length of time that they pursued him for, how heavy they pursued him, and, and really how good of a job they did with him. You know, it was another great pickup. You know, Rasmus Hall has pumped out a lot of D1 guys who have produced in the, in the college level as well. You know, not just putting guys in college, but guys that do stuff too. So, you know, nice win. Again, Campanelli again, actually. Uh, really, I think he was the primary there. Ohio State yeah. was in there. There's always the debate about, you know, that my favorite thing about Ohio State is he is a take until he goes to Michigan and then they didn't want him anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, which I, that goes for a lot of, you know, it's like that happens a lot with other, but it's just with them, it's, it's just they can't conceive the idea that some kid, a kid would choose to go to Michigan over Ohio State, any kid. Uh, you know, but he had just officially, he officially visited Ohio State the week before he officially visited Michigan. Uh, Michigan closed the deal there. And, uh, yeah, great Viper prospect. I, I've grown to kind of like what they're doing at linebacker this cycle. Now, granted, they just picked two of them up, but and they may be the two most talented ones. It's hard to say. But I, I think overall I think I like what they've done at linebacker so far. Well, another kid that's listed as an athlete, and I don't remember hearing much about him either, is Eamon Dennis out of St. John's it's in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. Uh, he's a three-star, 5'10", 173. Where do you think he fits in as far as the position uh, with Michigan? I think he'll be an off, like an offensive athlete. He'll be he's your he's a speed and space guy, you know, type of deal. The the my favorite thing about his recruitment, if you look at his profile, mm-hmm. it is literally it is almost identical to Mike Sainer stills, like almost identical. They're both from Massachusetts. They're both I think eighty eight or eighty seven rating. They're ranked within like 30 spots of where, like, of each other. I want to say, like, uh, Saner still was like in the low 500s and Dennis is in the high 400s. Mm-hmm. Uh, their recruitments were almost identical as well, as far as a guy I think that Michigan really had been pursuing the entire time, but I, I don't think we did a great, good enough job of maybe making that clear. I mean, I know every time I would talk to him, he's hearing from Brown. Gaddis and then Zordich was involved too, which I don't know, I don't know why, but he was. I know that was consistent uh, throughout the process as well. You know, it was kind of a guy. We didn't miss the boat on him because we had a pretty good beat on it after a little bit. That hey, Michigan's serious about this kid. I think that's where, and that's probably where he's going to choose. Uh, but another guy, I would probably, looking back, would have argued. I think he was very similar because Michigan really liked 
um, Cameron Martinez out of Muskegon as sort of that an offensive athlete type guy. Yeah, uh, I think those two guys were similarly recruited and were like looked at in a very similar light. And uh, you know they get Dennis, and then Martinez goes to Ohio State. Uh, you know he'll be actually Martinez will be playing safety, I believe. I think they like him defensively, but uh, you know I think that was a deal where I think they were okay with either, taking either guy. And uh, you know I think that the consensus was that I think Martinez had a lot of people around him that really liked Ohio State, and I think that was where things started to lean after a while. But with Dennis, I think they're getting a guy, in my opinion, that's similar to Sainer still, uh, isn't a guy that I think can do some real damage offensively. He's really quick. He's got a great initial burst. And, and I think the other thing, too, you got to look at, which, again, we'll see because the game seems to be kind of changing as far as special teams goes, like what, you know, will kickoffs even be allowed in three years? Uh, you know, but I think he's a guy that could be a real threat in special teams as well. I mean, that's where a lot of his – some of his best tape and some of his best plays are, are in the special team side. So, you know, they love – you know, we've – you know, how long has Brown been around? They love recruiting the East Coast now. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're not yeah. afraid to take – they're not afraid to take a guy from small town – Massachusetts or, or Connecticut, you know, anymore. I mean, and that's, you know, I think by and large, it's not, it's been, it's worked out for him in a lot of cases. You know, I was like, if Tariq Black becomes Tariq Black again, that's a win you did with Mo Hurst, which I know is, is a uh, hoax staff, but still, I mean, you go back McCune has been a, what, a, he'll be a three year starter. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they've, they've found some guys out there and then we know what Saner still did this spring. We'll see if he, you know, if that follows up, you know, in an actual game or whatever, but you got to assume he's going to produce at some point too throughout his career. So, you know, they're not afraid to go in there, take a guy, you know, Dennis had a decent, some decent offers for sure. He had some good offers. I think Duke, I want to say Virginia tech was in there. I mean, those are good. Those are good, solid offers, but he wasn't like a national, you know, type prospect. Didn't have like, you know, Bama or Georgia or Florida state, like that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, again, they honed in on him early offensive athlete probably will be used like Sainer still is that like back receiver thing, you know, like where they just kind of put him wherever, try to get him the ball in many different ways as they can. Well, we talked about what a big target Aaron Lewis was at uh, strong side defensive end. Then we picked up another one, uh, strong side defensive end, Chris Jenkins out of Our Lady of Good Counsel. We've been there before uh, out of Olney, Maryland. And of course, this kid has uh, the lineage. I mean, his dad was a great college player and professional is he one that we've talked about in the past, Steve? No. Now, he's one of the late bloomer types, I guess would be the best way to say. Uh, Michigan offered him, I want to say, in May or June, and things picked up pretty quickly there. Uh, his film's interesting to me. I mean, he, he's listed as a strong side end, but he's only 230 right now. Right, right. I mean, his, a lot of his film is standing up as like an outside backer, but his dad was like a 320 pound defensive tackle, like in the NFL, (laughs) you know, it's like, I, so I think there's some, I think there's some assumption in that listing, you know, and I I also think that Michigan believes that he is going to continue to grow too. Um, I liked his, so he was a guy whose film I turned on and was like pleasantly surprised with, but again, an NFL pedigree, it's just, and you see that he's he's got good offers. Is a guy that I think is always worth looking into, you know. But he looks like a natural out there. I'm interested to see with his rating and ranking how that holds, you know. Because and then I'm also again, there's such a wide variety of spots. I feel like he could end up playing because if he doesn't grow, you know, or get bigger or whatever, you know, then then he could be like a sort of what they were like they were actually recruiting his teammate Mitchell Melton who. Ohio State did beat Michigan there for that one. That was a guy that Michigan wanted. His, but his teammate, they were recruiting him for sort of that Uche, you know, rush end linebacker hybrid type deal, you know. But if Jenkins yeah. doesn't grow, uh, he may be like a, a larger version of that, you know, because he's definitely a guy that looks more like a defensive lineman than a linebacker, but he still played a lot of stand-up on his film. You know, so I'm really interested with that one. That one, yeah, was one they picked up on and, and pursued pretty quickly, pretty heavily. You know, and again, there's their track record in those types of recruitments has been pretty solid. So uh, beat Maryland, too, you know, which is where his dad did play. I know his dad's a Michigan native, but he did play at Maryland, and they live in Maryland. Uh, you know, I know most fans would hear beating Maryland for recruit and not, you know, it's not, okay, cool. But, I mean, it's a legacy still. I mean, and, and again, you know, I think he had a few other really good offers as well. So, 
versatility is especially defensively right now for them in this cycle. Like the versatility is they're going to the extreme in this class as far as how versatile some of these guys are. I mean, they're like almost every one of their defensive prospects is a guy that could play here, could play there type thing. So, uh, which I think is exactly what Don Brown likes. And I think it's something that bodes well for whoever's coaching the defense. I mean, that's something you can work with in any capacity. So, uh, but Jenkins, yeah, good, good addition. Yeah. Uh, good counsel. Yeah. They've pumped out guys forever. I mean, Kendall Fuller was one of the first prospects I ever covered was that a good counsel. It plays in the NFL now. So, uh, so yeah, always a good, always nice to go in. You beat Maryland for a legacy and you pick up a kid out of a big time program, like good counsel. Uh, that's always a good thing. With us here on our game day segment this week, as we uh, take a look at a very busy period in, uh, Michigan football recruiting, college football recruiting, is Steve Lorenz uh, from 24-7 Sports. Let's focus on some of the uh, the four-star kids that we've uh, been able to get recently, Steve. Uh, one of them that you've got to like watching this kid is Khalil Mullins. Uh, we've talked about him a lot. He's uh, an outside linebacker, 6'1", 220. He just looks like a player, doesn't he? Yeah, Mullings, like, I, I like to joke that Michigan's been recruiting him for 34 years because it feels like that they've been recruiting him for 34 years. You know, he's one. he was literally, I think, one of the first four or five kids they offered in the entire class. I mean, they saw him at a satellite camp. Well, that's how long ago they offered him. It was at a satellite camp. I mean, that's, that's you know, they. I mean, they still go to a few of those every year, but it was. I think it was on one of their big tours uh, that they offered him. And they've been, yeah, they've been recruiting him forever. So this was a nice, nice win for them, obviously, because they never relented either. You know, this was somebody, he was somebody they were, they stayed after uh, the entire time. And props to him too. The other thing I always notice, and I think fans should always take a look at if they're that interested in it, you know, it was like, he was one of the top, like I'd say he was like top 100 type kid when we came out with our very, very first 2020 rankings, which Mm -hmm. again, feels like it was like 30 years ago at this point. But he's maintained like within the top 150 or so throughout the entire process, which to me is impressive because a lot of times you see the guys who are ranked high very early, there's always like a steady decline. You know, it's like because mm-hmm. the, there are guys who come in as a sophomore or whatever and they're already like maxed out physically, you know, and then, and then they just and then they kind of plateau a little bit, you know, but he's kind of stayed up there. And I think that says a lot about his athleticism and, and how our evaluators and all the evaluators like see his ability. So he's a lot bigger than I realized he was. Like when I flipped on the film, like I think he's going to play in the middle. I think that's where Michigan wants him. And he's definitely athletic enough to play there. And again, Massachusetts, you know, it's like they weren't Mullings a little more national though. I mean, he did get some big offers. I mean, he had some, some really big time programs after him. I'd say Michigan here probably beat Stanford. Uh, which we know that Michigan and Stanford have gone back and forth. Uh, I don't anticipate the what I would call the the Stanford flip, which is a lot of time because a lot of because most kids don't find out whether or not they even get into Stanford until very late in the recruiting process. Right, right. So right, so Stanford every cycle always seems to flip like two or three guys. Like they took Devery Hamilton uh, right from right underneath Michigan's nose a couple cycles ago was a terrible loss for Michigan because he was supposed to be really, really good. Um, I don't anticipate that happening. So, you know, big win for them. Again, I really like what they've done at linebacker. He's a big piece of that, obviously. I think he's sort of the guy they look at as a future Mike. Um, Could play on the outside too, though. He's not like a Viper, uh, but maybe could play Will, I guess. But I, I think that right now, their plans are for him to play in the middle. Well, we mentioned Jordan Morant earlier. He's out of Bergen Catholic in, of course, New Jersey, uh, a safety and a darn good-looking safety, 5'11", 212, which is already a, a a big safety. And this kid played for Campanile's brother or brothers uh, there, didn't he? Yeah, Campanile really turned this one around. Bergen Catholic, I would probably say was, if you remember the, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, about the manufactured war on Rutgers that New Jersey.com ran a few years ago about Michigan. Yeah. Um, you know, Bergen Catholic was definitely on the, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember how that all played out, but it almost kind of turned into like a Michigan versus Rutgers and Ohio state, you know, it's like, cause Ohio state and Rutgers held that joint 
satellite camp and then Michigan had the big one at Paramus and they were the same day and it was like who's going to go where you know um Bergen Catholic was definitely on the Rutgers side of the coin uh I think there was I don't think Partridge was the most well-liked guy there for a while just because of what he built at Paramus I think he had did such a good job that it made people not like him you know it was one of those types of deals like he was beating everybody so they didn't really like him very much uh, so Campanile's hiring really kind of turned that one around in a big way. So credit to him. I mean, I think he uh, Partridge still gets primary on that one. I believe I'd have to look at the profile, but it was it definitely was both of those guys that played a huge role in that one. You know, and and we have him as the number one safety in the country. Now I don't know if he'll stick there, but either way, top 100 guy for sure. Uh, perfect fit is a guy still kind of coming into his own. He's sort of a guy I think was a little bit bigger to begin, so played a lot of linebacker early in his high school career and is still kind of trying to feel out that defensive back type deal. I'd say he's like sort of like what Quentin Johnson was last year, but just further along at this point because, you know, Johnson didn't play safety until his senior year. Uh, Morant is now, you know, has one year at safety under his belt or has played some safety, you know, is getting more acclimated to what is necessary. And he'll, he'll play some corner, too. He'll, they'll put him in coverage, which, again, you know, Michigan loves that. That's what they're going to want him to do eventually anyway. So, you know, big-time pickup. Like I said, Morant, uh, Lewis, and then R.J. Moten, uh, the three guys that they really, really targeted in New Jersey this cycle. And, um, yeah, I mean, you beat Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State, USC, let's say, like, Texas A&M, I think, was also in his right, top group. Right. I mean, you're right. So he had, like, some you – know, that's a big – you know, and it's like I always – the other thing, too, is, like, because the it was – it seemed to be going in Michigan's favor for so long is that people don't – it's almost like they don't count that as a big recruiting. You know what I mean? Like, like people uh, – the crystal ball was, like, heavily in favor of Michigan, so it doesn't really count as a big recruiting win because there wasn't, like, some dramatic hat – announcement you know and nobody knew who he was going to pick you know it's not like the donovan people's jones let's say you know that type of deal like we're that oh that was a huge recruiting win because we didn't know for sure he was going to pick michigan but he did when it's like the guy's the number one safety in the country you know and they beat all these schools head to head i think that's a huge it's a massive recruiting win for them so whether they had the connections or not that doesn't matter it doesn't matter how you get the guy you just got to get him so uh so great you know you talk about safety you know getting daxon hill and then quentin johnson who I'm told they absolutely love so far as well. They have completely flipped the script on safety recruiting. Uh, now, not a coincidence in my opinion that Partridge is the driver behind that. I mean, he won national recruiter of the year in 2017. So, uh, you know, but with Hill and then Johnson, and then you add uh, Morant. And like I said, they look good for RJ Moten, who's another four star. And then they also are still in it with Makari page out of West Bloomfield and also Malcolm Green out of Highland Springs, Virginia, who I think is their top guy there. Uh, they're in awesome spot at safety right now. So, And Morant, obviously, like I said, number one safety in our rankings, a big, big piece of that. Well, for Michigan fans, Steve, that even follow recruiting just a little bit, uh, they have to know that we like St. Francis Academy and Biff Pochi's uh, team. I think we've <laughs> offered 14 scholarships uh, uh, to players at that school. And the latest commit was uh, Blake Corum, uh, four-star running back, 5'8", 193. I know a lot of people say, well, that's uh, a little bit small. But this kid, he is really built, isn't he? So he's a guy that I think they already kind of liked. But then it went in. It was one of those deals where you bring Gaddis in and then you watch his film in the context of, like, how you think that Gaddis is going to use him. And then he immediately... Again, I, this is what I wrote after he committed. I said it was similar, in my opinion, to the Zach Charbonnet commitment and that I think Michigan got the number one or number two, like, all-purpose type guy on their board. But it's not going to ever get the pub that Charbonnet did because mm-hmm. I don't think – I just don't think Corum is going to get the same kind of rating or ranking bump, even though he ran, like, a legit 4-4 at the opening – well, legit in the context that he was one of the two or three fastest guys there. Now that, you know, you can talk about how uh, accurate those times are, whatever, but he's one of the fastest guys in the country, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to get the ratings, rankings bump that Charbonnet got just because he is a little undersized, uh, obviously compared to Charbonnet. But, you know, 
huge for them. I mean, this was another guy that we had talked about for months and months was a top target for them at running back. And, uh, yeah, St. Francis. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, feel like, I feel like one of the, if you enroll at St. Francis, you get a free football scholarship to the university of Michigan at this point. That's like, must like, I probably use it as like part of their pitch to come to our school. Hey, come to our school and uh, Michigan will give you a scholarship. But, uh, but in all seriousness, I mean, yeah, that, that relationship has paid off for them this cycle. You know, and St. Francis is going to keep getting top guys every cycle. I mean, they just brought in a top 100 defensive tackle for 2021, like two weeks ago, you know. And so the more guys they get from there, I feel like the better. Uh, I've come around and I think I I think there's like really good potential with all four guys that they've gotten from there. Uh, Maz Kua, an offensive line, I think is the guy that is, is could really rise up the rankings too, actually. I know he's been verbaled for a long time, but uh, but yeah, with Corum, top target again LSU USC he was a take for Ohio State despite what they want to say I mean that one I know for a fact uh you know so and so you know again the crystal ball there was like 17 predictions all to Michigan you know so it's not like oh that's not a huge win because we thought he was gonna go to Michigan but it is I mean all those schools would have taken him for sure and uh so that's another nice one for Jay Harbaugh too is a great win you know, and he's a four-star in the composite. We, he's one of the few guys that there's a discrepancy going the other way. You know, it's like we have him as a three-star, but the composite has him as like a, a legit, like a mid-range four-star. So, you know, if he does see any rise in his ranking from us at all, then his composite will go even higher or whatever. But, uh, yeah, his film's fun to watch. He doesn't have any huddle. His is on YouTube in case if anybody's out has tried to look for it and can't find it. All his highlights are on YouTube, uh, but he can fly. And that's, again, that's what this is, that's what they're looking for right now, you know, but he's also not a, he's not a rich rod speedster though, because he's built like a bull, you know, and he, and he's not like one of those, he's not like a, I don't know, like I think of like a Terrence Robinson, like those types of guys, you know, like the the guys who were like kind of fast, but like were very, just very small or even Odoms, you know, who produced, but just wasn't like, I don't know, you get what I'm saying, right? So, um, you know, this guy's like, again, and these, this is a guy who had tons of big-time scholarship offers, too. So, perfect fit for what they want to do. You oh, know, I think yeah. the the thing now is got to find, like, a your standard 2025 guy, you know, carries. Because Corum, I think, is a guy that they're going to try to get the ball a few different ways as well. Can give him the ball in the backfield for sure. Uh, but you're going to want your potential bell cow kind of guy to finish out i think he's a josh gaddish uh speed and space kind of guy however you use him there's so many things you can do with him 100 percent. you know and like i said i think they really liked him before the hire you know but, but you hire gaddish and it's like this guy's an even better fit for what we're what we're gonna do now and with a few of these guys on offense especially you know it's like i, I don't know if they would have given michigan a real look if gaddish hadn't gotten hired i think you could probably say that for a few of the offensive commitments in this class so uh, so yeah, so that it, it all kind of it was a, something that yeah, like, like I said, a guy they really liked to begin with, but a guy that they loved after Gaddis came on board, and that they're super excited about for sure. Well, those of us here in southeastern Michigan, Metro, Metro. Detroit, and Ann Arbor know how good the program is at Belleville. It's uh, in the last decade, decade and a half has really become a top-notch program. A lot of battles with uh, the Spartans in Michigan uh, at Belleville, and we won. Uh, we won this one, Andre Selden. Uh, 5'9", 154 corner. Seems a little bit small, but uh, when you watch him on tape, very, very impressive. No, he is, and I'm going to say, I bet you did the same thing I did, Mike. He committed in June of 18, yeah. and so when, when, when I wrote the, I did the thing about who they picked up in last month, and I actually had included Selden yeah. in there myself. Cause, well, no, the dates are all like almost the same, but no, here's the thing. I think Selden deserves to be talked about right now anyway. Uh, he is he has that, I think, I don't know what they, I think the kids like Jordan and Lewis and all that, they call it like that dog, that Detroit dog mentality. He has that in spades. I think he's one of the most important kids committed in this class, whether he plays nickel or on the outside or what. Every time that he goes to one of these events, whether it's a seven on seven or whatever, he is always one of the top performers. And he is a straight up, like, glue guy in coverage oh yeah like he is he is awesome he honestly for my two cents pound for pound probably the best pure cover player in this class 
the, the only thing, if he was, and this is the thing, and in this, in this, this is the way he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. If he was six foot, he's a five star guy in my opinion. I mean, okay. I have no doubt about it. Yeah, I agree. You know, and that's and that's that's the only thing. You know, but that's the thing is like he likes here. I'm sure he if he was ever listening to this, he'd love hearing that, right? And that's what <laughs> and that's what and that's what those guys. No, but that's what makes those guys. You know, and we're we've gotten to the point now where Detroit and Crowell, especially, they've helped produce so many really great defensive backs out of that area that when they say that a guy is legit, you have to listen. I mean, you're talking Lewis Hill. I think Ambry's going to be there this year. Avante Maddox, you know, who went to Pitt out of Detroit King, who went to Pitt, who is now playing for that. He's like a starter for the Eagles. You know, it's like year after year after year, these guys are pumping out, this area is pumping out like some of the best defensive backs in the country. Mm-hmm. And they have said the same things about Selden that they've said about every one of those guys. And uh, I think he might have been their first, first commitment. He does not get enough publicity, in my opinion. I, I just, I have the, utmost respect for that kid because he doesn't need to prove anything to anybody at this point but he is he is at everything and he always shows out at everything you know a lot of guys you commit to a school like michigan may show up every once in a while or do an event or whatever no this guy's at every single event and is always raring to get reps wanting to play against the best guys like that's you know that's the type of guy going to make an impact in some capacity in my opinion i mean i'll be very very surprised if he doesn't turn out to be a very good college player you know and like i said and i know he, like i said he'd probably love to hear that give him that keep that chip on his shoulder but i do feel like if he was like 5 11 6 foot he'd be easily a top 100 guy if not higher i mean we have him as a four star anyway yeah you know and he's only five nine i think that says a ton about what kind of ability he has uh but yeah no he committed i think it was june 20th 2018 and i did the same thing when yeah. i did that I did the same thing when I did the write-up, but it's fine. Because like I said, I'm glad we got to talk about him for a minute because I think he deserves way more pub and way more discussion than, than what he gets. I mean, people on our site keep talking about how corners is such this this massive need, and I say, which they still need to take at least one, no doubt in my opinion, maybe two if they can fit them. But they already have a really good one committed. You know, it's like they have a really good one committed. And so, uh, and that's him, you know, and so he deserves a little bit of, free pub, free talk about, I guess. So he's had a great off season interested to, or looking forward to see what he does in the senior film. Mm-hmm. So am I. Well, the last two guys we're going to talk about of the, the latest round of verbal commitment, Steve, are both wide receivers, both speed guys. You saw these are, and they're both, I would say the kind that Josh Gaddis wants in his speed and space offense. The latest of those commits was, uh, well, it's Roman Wilson, who uh, is out of a great program on the Island, St. Louis high school in, in Honolulu. I've you know been watching a little tape on him uh, since the commitment. Six foot one seventy five, just uh, really athletic. But the thing that sort of jumps out at me is this time. I'm thinking, is this real? This kid runs a four three. That was a timed. It was at one of the opening events. Yeah, I mean it's a verified time. Like I said, like with that stuff, the way I look at it is I don't always look so much at what the exact time was. I always look at what their time was relative to every other prospect in attendance, right? So whether or not it was a real – like, is he going to the NFL Combine and beating 85% of those guys? I don't necessarily think so, at least not yet, right? I mean, in four years, maybe he does. But it's oh, to me, it's always like how they look or how much faster they are relative to their competition. And I want to say he – I think he had the fastest – at least at the yeah. event he attended, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know he did at the one he attended. The question, I think, was if he ran the fastest of anybody. I'd say this, and somebody on our board brought this up yesterday, and I probably didn't I didn't say, hey, good work on this. Uh, Ohio State had a top 100 kid, Mookie Cooper, uh, commit to them yesterday, wide receiver. If you put their measurables side by side, uh, Wilson ran a faster 40, he had a better shuttle time, and he's four inches taller. And... Cooper's ranked about 300 spots higher. If I'm Michigan, I think I want Roman Wilson. Now, again, Mookie Cooper, great, great prospect. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if, you know, Ohio State, you know, got a great one with him. But that's where, like, sometimes if you dig a little bit deeper in the numbers, you see why Michigan wanted a guy. You know, it's like, so if he's ranked a little bit lower, not to mention our guys have already said that, that Wilson's a guy who could definitely – he's another guy I think will rise. He was more of a – he was a real unknown – 
heading into that opening event and then just kind of blew the socks off of everybody there. And we bumped him immediately up to a four star, which is not too common, you know, for a guy who really at that point, like I said, was kind of an unknown because that's really when his recruitment started to take off, you know, because his stats last year weren't super spectacular, mm-hmm. but they got him out there at the opening and he was just destroying people. You know, and like he's, you know, in the, 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 with the speed and spacing, the other thing is he's, yeah, he's six foot. Yeah. He's not, you know, he's not a five, nine, you know, type. He's not one of those types. I mean, he's a guy that would have fit in any, anybody's scheme, but he will fit perfectly into what they're doing. Right. But he's, his measurables very, very similar to a few of the receivers that Gaddis had at Alabama last year. You know, Devontae Smith or Henry Ruggs, I think, was the one that he really comped out closest to. Now, I know Ruggs can jump through the roof. I don't know what Wilson's uh, vertical is, but Ruggs also could, like, he could dunk, like, do 360 dunks. I mean, he was a <laughs> yeah, crazy yeah. athlete, right? But either way, though, uh, Wilson is, is an amazing athlete and tested so well. You know, and Michigan had some connections there as far as I think the dad is from Detroit which really helped. I mean, how often do you get a kid from Hawaii, right? right? I mean, they've got they've got a few, but not many. And uh, so, yeah, no, he's – I would pro- – okay, I'd probably say that he and Hibner are the two guys I think are most likely. And I really am at a loss as to why Wilson wasn't invited to the actual uh, – the opening in Dallas. Because his, t- his, his body types, those are the guys that always – like just destroy people at those things because they're you know the coverages in the seven on sevens or in the one on ones are like the D backs are like five yards off so a kid like that gets plenty of opportunity to show off his speed you know and like I feel like if he'd have been invited which again I think he ran the fastest time of anybody I don't know how you don't invite that kid uh you know would I think he would have really had a great week and probably would be rising up anyway so either way again I, whether he rises up or not who cares you know I, I think they're Michigan. I, I said he's a stud. I think he's right up there with Henning. I think they're very interchangeable as far as like how I would look at how big of an impact they could have. I know Henning's ranked a lot higher and his recruitment was a lot more national, but I think either of those guys are, are going to be great for him. Well, and Henning's the, the other guy that I mentioned, uh, the, the two speed and space guys. We, we've talked about him a lot through this entire cycle. The thought was he was a big-time Notre Dame lean, and then at what point do you think that changed, Steve? Josh Gaddis, hundred. AJ Henning would not be going to Michigan right now if Pat Hamilton was still the offensive coordinator. Zero doubt in my mind. Uh, he's that's what that's what the one thing I was going to say about Henning when we when we talk about him was that that's one recruitment where that is one hundred percent Gaddis, hundred percent. Really good indication that he can really knows how to sell what he's doing, you know, and and really knows how to connect with a kid and his family because Henning's a guy you know, was offered really, really early by the last offensive staff, but I don't even know if they got him up to campus. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame, Ohio State was really involved early. Um, who else? I think Penn State snuck in late a little bit, impressed him on an official visit. Georgia, Georgia would have taken him, you know. So, but yeah, Notre, it was it was it turned into a Notre Dame-Michigan battle after Gaddis was hired. Before that, I think probably would have been Notre Dame either way. But yeah, this was that was 100% Gaddis, and again, another fast but elite guy. Mm-hmm. You know, these aren't just guys that just can just run straight line speed. I mean, these guys are dynamic athletes who know what to do. They know what to do when they get the ball in their hands. So, uh, yeah, they'll be creating some matchup problems, I would suppose, for for some opposing defenses. I mean, you're we keep talking about how fast all these guys are. You know, we talk about Corum at back. You know, and then you have Henning and Wilson. I mean, and I think they got to mix it up. I think you got to get a big guy on the outside at receiver because you're going to have to have that. You're going to have to mix it up somehow. You can't recruit all, you know, six foot and under type guys. I think right. you got to bring in a bigger guy. With Brendan Rice, who's the son of Jerry Rice, is kind of the guy that I think they're really targeting heavily there. Um, you know, so I think you got to complement that a little bit. But yeah, I mean, a really diverse group of, of players. You know, it's like I think I said. Big back or a big back and a big receiver. They need sort of your classic type guys to finish it out and give it some balance, right? Because you're going to want a back that can take it 20, 25 times if you need to. 
so yeah, no, I think, but with Henning though, yeah, it's a big, that's one of those big perception wins. You know, it was like, he was top 100 guy, looked like Notre Dame, looked like Ohio state for a little bit, looked like Georgia for a little bit too, actually. Uh, you know, Michigan comes in and wins it. That's 100% Josh Gaddis. I think it's a good indicator of what kind of recruiter he is and what he can be for Michigan for sure. Well, Steve, last week uh, you did a piece in the Detroit Free Press about what players were left uh, in the 2020 class for Michigan, and you keyed in on, I think it was four names. Talk about those kids and Michigan's chances of, of getting commits from some of them. Trying to think of who I saw. So I, I know I talk about Rice, right. which is a guy that Michigan, he's sort of a late bloomer too, who had a really good, te- did some good testing at the opening. Could you have better bloodlines at wide receiver than to be the son of Jerry Rice. I mean, I, I literally don't think you could. Uh, so he's that. He's the more of your classic bigger receiver. I think he's six, like a 6'2", 210 type guy. Uh, I think he struggled a little bit with his hands at the opening, but I was told that that was more of an anomaly than it was like a real thing with him, so I don't know. And that's one of those things like can make sweeping judgments you only see a guy once live right and he has a you know he drops a few passes and it's like well he has bad hands and it's like well you really could have been an anomaly you know so uh maybe not but it could be too though you know and this uh toa feely i think was another one that i probably brought up the running back mm-hmm. out of uh, mm-hmm. largo who i think is a guy i think he's their top back target left i think he's been their top back target for months they finally got him up to campus last month i think auburn is kind of the team that has emerged there a little bit, maybe. Uh, he's been there twice. Florida State was where I think everyone thought he was going to go, but Florida State's going to have to win some games, I think. I mean, they're, and they're going to struggle to do that, I feel like. They might be all right, but they're not going to, like, compete with Clemson or anything anytime soon, it doesn't look like. So, you know, that's going to be an interesting recruitment. That one I don't see ending anytime soon. Uh, besides that, probably brought up Page or Moten. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Moten is a guy who will be up for the barbecue for sure. He's a guy that blew them out of the water. Another guy that blew them out of the water testing-wise when they worked him out at their camp. You know, was a guy that he's really more of an athlete. If you turn on his film, he looks like he could play running back too. But Michigan likes him at safety. You know, he uh, he's also a legit. Like when I say legit, I'm talking like first round possible. He's like a big time baseball prospect too. So it was interesting. I think Bryce Marich from our site did a really good short interview with him where he actually talked about how Michigan's baseball run is like is kind of a nice little bonus in his recruitment because he's a guy who might end up playing both. I mean, he's that good. So you know, we'll have to see there. And that's the other thing too is like they've done such a good job at safety where you can kind of you can recruit a guy like that and take it, take his commitment. And if he goes pro, you know, it's like we yeah. just saw Michigan State lost one of their receiver commitments to the to the major to the majors. You know, it's like it doesn't hurt you that much because you got Morant. They'll probably get at least one of Page and uh, Green. You know, and then they like I said, they took Hill and Johnson last. Time. I mean, their safety recruiting is in a good spot where you can kind of take a chance on a guy like that. So. Uh, those are the first few guys that come to mind. I know Kyle Edwards out of Destrehan, Louisiana, is the other running back. I think they're really recruiting. He's probably going to decide sooner rather than later. It's supposedly down to Michigan and Alabama. I, I don't, you know, does Michigan just go with him and kind of move on from Toa Feely? I, I don't know. I guess I would if I were them. I think Edwards is going to be really good. He was behind John Emery, who's the at Destrehan last year was a five. I think he ended the cycle as the number one back in the country. Yeah. Emery did. Yeah. So he'll get his opportunity now, right? I mean, his his film, the film on him is kind of limited, but he's also, I think, he's a possible take for Alabama too. I mean, so he's he's legit. Uh, I believe he's going to visit this month, probably for the barbecue. I think that's the only real visit thing they're doing this month. So uh, those are a few of the guys, I guess. I mean, it's it's spots are starting to tighten up. I mean, they're after Andrew Rame. I guess would be the last one I'd bring up. The kid out of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, who is probably going to be making his verbal here in the very near near future. I'm not optimistic on Michigan's chances. Uh, people couldn't accept the fact that Michigan's taken six. They took six last year, and they have four verbals, mm-hmm. and that Georgia and Oklahoma would naturally use that against Michigan uh, as far as like future depth chart goes. I mean, Georgia took three last year, and they yeah. have three verbals this year. Ten is more than six. It's not hard to do the math there. You know, that, hey, 
you'd probably see the field a little bit quicker here because you don't have 10 guys, you know, or eight guys to go at pass. You know, you can get on the field a little bit quicker here. So, you know, he may commit in the next 48 hours, I think. is probably going to – I think he tweeted he's doing a video. So, again, not optimistic as Michigan, but he's another guy that they've really been kind of pressing on a little bit. And he was on campus for the official visit a few weeks ago too. So, yeah, no, I said things are – going to start tightening up here a little bit and they can kind of hone in on those poor eight souls who will be getting a million phone calls between now and when they decide to commit from reporters because there's hardly any guys in Michigan is recruiting left you know so uh, it should be interesting but great foundation like I said I think they did a little bit more than a foundation top 10 class right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a lot of big a lot of the top ranked guys are still on the board still so as of today, this class, uh, we've been talking about ranked number seven nationally, number two in the Big Ten behind those guys down in Columbus. Does it have a chance to move up even higher, or does it even matter at this point? I think it always does. I mean, if they, again, it, and this is always kind of comes, it's always going to be the same answer, I think, with this stuff is it's, it depends on how they play this season. Because if you have a big season, then this, the cap kind of, you know, you can the ceiling raises dramatically for how well you can recruit, right? I mean, we see it every single year with the teams that win, that they start to recruit really well. You know, we see it with Georgia. We've seen it with Georgia, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma. uh, You know, like those programs keep winning, and they keep getting big-time guys. So if Michigan comes out has a great 2019, then I fully expect – like if they were to to win the conference, let's just say, right, I fully – they'll easily be a top-10 class, no doubt. Question would be how high, or would it be past Ohio State? I think it could be. They'd have to be. They'd probably have to win the conference though for that to happen. Just because if Ohio State comes out and wins the conference, I mean they already have a really good class put together. They'd probably finish out strong like they usually do, without with or without Meyer there. So uh, might come down to that game, right? I mean, as mm-hmm. crazy as it is to say, it might come down to that game as far as that goes. So. Um, you know, they've again though. I, I like a lot of what they do with their the three star guys that they've taken. These are guys that they liked. You know, these aren't flyers that they're taking. And then most of them are guys that we had, you know, listed as guys they really liked for a long, long time. You know, and so and and their their three star track record is playing out pretty nicely right now, in my opinion, too. I mean, they've a lot of the guys they've taken the last few cycles that were three star guys have really become major parts of what they're trying to do. I mean, I wouldn't even begin to list them, you know, but I mean, Quiddy pay was like the lowest ranked guy in that class. You tell me he's definitely one of the best guys that they got <laughs> right. in that class now. Right. You know right. what I mean? So, um, so there are guys, you know, it's like, I, I always urge fans to like have a little bit of faith in some of these lower ranked guys that they're recruiting, especially, like I said, the ones that they've honed in on and, you know, have really made a priority for a long period of time you know, and let the process play out. But yeah, if they win, they'll, they'll, they're going to have another great class. No doubt. I mean, they're, like I said, I already like what they've done, but it could always be better if they, if they win some big games. No, absolutely. And it's as much fun as it's been the last couple of weeks watching these verbals roll in. It is not over uh, until December when they sign on the dotted line. And you're right. A lot will depend on what happens uh, on the field this year. So we'll just have to uh, enjoy the whole process and wait and see what happens uh, uh, when it comes to signing day. So as always, uh, great to have you with us. Our guest today, uh, Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Uh, they wait to hear from you, Steve. So we always enjoy having you and look forward to the next visit. Appreciate it, Mike. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. On Quick Hits today, Big Ten Media Days is next week in Chicago, believe it or not. Joining Jim Harbaugh will be seniors Ben Bredesen, Cleek Hudson, and Jordan Glasgow. Practice officially gets underway in two weeks. Our next show will be on July 23rd. In August, we'll be back on our regular schedule as we start previewing this coming season and get ready for that nighttime opener with Middle Tennessee State on Labor Day weekend. Don't forget our free show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Radio.com, and Spotify. That will do it for another show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. 
Once again, our next program will air on July 23rd, so we'll see you then. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!